0: And I and the boy will go over, over there and worship and come to you again. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering, oh, burnt offering and, said, and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, the fire, and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. This ends the reading of God's word. Please bow your head in word of prayer. Dear God, thank you for today that we can come together and worship and and fellowship and um, love you and love each other. Um, pray you just uh, just bless this this time, bless this congregation. Um, and God, as we read your word, I think of I think of my own sons and um, and God, I just want to offer them as living sacrifices and myself and. Um, all that we have, we just want to give to you so that you can be glorified. Um, everything that you've given us is a blessing from you, and we're just so thankful and we just want to worship you for that. Um, pray that we could be a light in this dark world and that um, people would see you in us. Praise in your name. Amen.
1: One definition for the word dream is something that you have wanted very much to do, be, or have for a long time. Many of us can think back to our childhood and remember a dream that we might have had about our future life. It may have been simple as having a pony or a particular toy, or maybe it was a career choice. I wanted to be a great chef, and in fact, my mom gave me an easy-bake oven for Christmas when I was five years old. And so those are some dreams that we might have as children, or perhaps we uh, dream for a stable family. Maybe we come from a family that's very... Uh, dysfunctional, there are a lot of problems, and so we would love to have that kind of stable family in our future. Perhaps we would want a spouse or a home to call our own. Some dreams uh, might include things like aspiring to greatness in athletics or in the area of entertainment. Many dreams are given by God, and some are the product of our own imaginings. Here in our text, Abraham had a dream. He had acquired much wealth, but he and his wife had no one to pass that wealth onto. We see the heart desire that Abraham has here in Genesis 15, verses 2 through 3. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Notice how God sees Abraham's dream here and then holds out a promise. He says, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And so, God validates this dream that's within Abraham's heart. And he states that he's going to bring it to pass. Have you ever had this happen to you? You have a dream, and you feel like God is giving you promises that he's going to cause that dream to come to pass. And in fact, it may come true. But you know, God is not finished in his process with you just because he answers your call for a dream or your desire for a dream. God is not interested so much in fulfilling our dream as much as he is in completing a work in us. And so right in the midst of enjoying the fulfillment of our dream, God begins a refinement process. And in this passage this morning, we're going to look at four steps of that refinement process. The first step is that we cling to our dream. In the musical adaptation of the the 1862 book Les Miserables by Victor Hugo, there's a heart-wrenching song sung by a woman named Fantine in the first, perhaps, half hour of the Broadway production. She sings a song called, I Dreamed a Dream. And in that song, she talks about how when she was young, she was in love, and she met this young man, and she thought that he was going to be the one that was going to fulfill her dream and give her that stability and love that she desired. But now that she has reaped the consequences of foolish decisions, she mournfully states that life has killed the dream I dreamed. I wonder if Abraham felt a little bit like that at age 70. Perhaps he had hoped for a large family And most certainly he wanted a son to carry on his family name. He wanted one who could benefit from all the hard work and sacrifice that he had given uh, so that he could acquire this wealth and pass it on down to somebody else. And now life, or his long life, has killed the dream that he dreamed because most people don't have kids at 70 with their wife being 60 Did he wonder whether his sins that he had committed kept him from receiving what God had for him? And when God comes to Abraham in the beginning of chapter 15, he says, fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Abraham's answer is not one of great gratitude here. In essence, he says, yeah, thanks God for all the great stuff you've given me but you've basically ignored the true dream of my heart, to have an heir. But I believe that God wanted him to know that this fulfillment of Abraham's dream could only come to him in a way that was humanly impossible. In fact, in this situation, he's 70 years old, he receives this promise from God to have a child, and he doesn't have Isaac until he's 100. 30 years later. I mean, I was wondering wondering all that time, did I hear wrong? Did I get this wrong, God? But now we fast forward over a quarter century now, and things have happened since then. The best of being which is that Abraham has a son, Isaac, whom God provided through his wife, Sarah. This was the child of the covenant, God was going to keep covenant with Abraham's seed down through the ages and he could die in peace knowing that things were well in hand and that God had fulfilled his promise. Some of you here today may feel like you're living the dream. Maybe you've pursued a career that you've dreamt about. Uh, Since you were young, you're doing well in it, making lots of money, you're financially secure. Maybe you're walking in a particular ministry that you love. Something that God showed you way long time ago that you were going to be doing and now you're walking in it. Or God is using you mightily to fulfill uh, his purposes in the world. Or for others, maybe the dream of raising your children successfully has been realized. And you see your grandkids around you and they're living in the Lord or uh, relative happiness and peace. But then as in the life of Abraham, God does something unexpected. He takes you a step deeper. And so the next step in this process is that our dream must be sacrificed. I think it's very difficult for us to comprehend what it is that God asked Abraham to do when he told him to take his son Isaac up onto this mountain, lay him on an altar, and kill him. (laughs) I mean, how do you explain this to your wife? Oh, honey, we're going on this little trip, and by the way, Isaac's not coming back. (laughs) Or what about the servants? They're going up the mountain. You guys stay here. I'll be back in a little bit. Uh, this is 911. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We don't know where Isaac is now. And this is one of those stories that we become so familiar with that it almost loses its impact. But I thought about my own sons, and it began to hit home a little bit more. What if my wife and I had been waiting for decades to have children? wondering if it was ever going to happen. And now we have this son, our only child. And now based solely on a word that God had given to me alone, not even Mary, just me, I'm going to travel to a place that I've never been and kill my son in obedience to God's word. For many of us, the dream that we are carrying would die as difficult a death as the one that Abraham faced here we may cling to it because God gave it to us. You know, God isn't that kind of God, is he? He's not the kind of God that gives you something and then takes it and rips it away, is he? That's not the kind of father that he is, is he? And so I wonder if any of you have had maybe a career track that you've been on and God asked you to sacrifice it for him. I was on a particular career track i had a beautiful barber shop in north minneapolis i loved my shop in fact i uh, my grandfather had given me money to it before he passed uh, to help me with purchasing it Um, all my friends and relatives and family came and blessed it and you know all these customers that i had developed friendships over 13 years in this shop with I had dreams of my children coming and working alongside of me. In fact, I was going to force them to and not give them any money for college unless they went to barber school first and came to work with me. But then Rich Carr, the pastor at Hope Lutheran Church where we were attending for about six years, stopped me on the way out of a service one day and he said, Scott, have you ever considered full-time ministry? And It was kind of like Abraham, well, no, I have never considered killing my son before. It felt like that in a way. I had all these reasons why that wouldn't work and why I loved the life that I had and wouldn't want to sacrifice and lay that down. There have been numerous missionaries throughout the history of the church who have given up stunning careers and wealthy inheritances in order to follow the call of God. For most Christian singles, One of the dreams that they find hard to sacrifice is that of being married. The thought of going through life without the companionship of a spouse would be heartbreaking to them. Or another one that closely resembles the Bible story here that we're focused on is the dream of the perfect Christian family. Well, hey God, I took Growing Kids Godway class, right? (laughs) Apply these principles and all your kids are going to turn out perfect and great. I'm like, God, you know, I can understand me getting messed up when I was a kid. I mean, the family I had, but we're raising them in the Lord. How can they have these kinds of struggles? And suddenly this dream of the perfect Christian family starts to die and is sacrificed. The next step we see in this process is that the sacrifice tests us. Some may wonder why it is that God sees fit to test us. The testing of Job comes to mind where God allowed Satan to take away all Job's possessions. Then he took all his children. None were spared. Then his health was taken from him. And it's clear in the first chapter that God knows Job's heart. He sees that he's an upstanding and righteous man. In fact, God knew how Job would respond to the test. So why the test? Why does he still do it? And I think the answer is that we don't know how we're going to respond. God knows, but we don't. And so in the test, we discover for ourselves what we're made of and our reliance on the living God. Unless you've been single most of your life and desired more than anything a spouse, you will never know the pain and suffering of having to lay that down on the altar. Unless you've had a secure job and a particular career track that you love, you'll never know the difficulty of the test of laying that down to do what God has for you. Most of us will never come close to knowing the depth of despair that Abraham went through to bring himself to the point of raising a knife over Isaac's head with every intention of bringing it down to kill him. And in this very act of obedience, Abraham's character Is revealed. As you walk out the sacrifice of your dream, your character will be revealed as well. As you maybe write that check to some ministry instead of buying that dream boat or that dream thing that you wanted and instead give to the Lord as he's laid it on your heart. As you put your child on an airplane to some far off distant land, your character becomes evident. As you say no to that man who you are very drawn to as a future spouse, but you know is not God's best because they're not a believer, your character is revealed. The fire from the altar reveals it. The final step here that we see in this process is that our destiny becomes clear. Pastor Robert Morris has a wonderful series called From Dream to Destiny, And he talks about the fact that God gave Joseph a dream. And in that dream, his brothers and his mother and father are bowing down to him, right? But that dream, the fulfillment of that, having them come bow to him, was not his destiny. His destiny was to help thousands of people. To take charge of Egypt so that thousands would be saved in the famine. And that dream just sent him on the path to become that. God took him through many different tests to prepare him for the moment so that his character matched up with the responsibility that he needed to carry. If at a young age his brothers and mother and father had come and bowed down to him, his character would not have been such to be able to handle that kind of praise, that kind of authority, But when God brought him through test after test, Potiphar's wife, prison, being left in prison after giving a great prophetic word, now suddenly he's ready, and when his brothers come and his mother and father come to bow before him, it's not like, ha, told you so. Get up. (laughs) God, God used for good what you had intended for evil. And he does the same thing here for Abraham. Having a son was not the ultimate destiny for Abraham, because people have sons every day. But God had greater purposes in taking him through the test and the trial that he needed to face, because God wanted to establish his covenant with mankind through Abraham. And once he passed the test, God revealed himself to Abraham in a greater way, and he blessed him. And so the lesson that was given to mankind through the life of Abraham was that the Lord would provide for himself. Wrapping up this morning, it's very interesting that many events that are significant in the life of God's people happened right at that very spot of Mount Moriah. You know it by a different name today, the Temple Mount of Jerusalem. This is the very spot where God spoke to David a thousand years after Abraham. He told him to build a temple for the Lord, his God there. And then King Solomon built that temple, eventually resting upon that very spot. This is the spot where Jesus did much of his teaching to his disciples And in fact, some believe that the crucifixion of Jesus was just within sight of that very spot where Isaac was almost sacrificed. But then God provided for himself with the ram in the thicket. And so God truly has provided for us by not withholding his own son. We can hold on to our dream until they become like the manna that God had provided. The dream is meant for a season. But if you cling to it and you hold on to it, it will begin to rot your life. Instead of laying it down for the fresh thing that God has for the very next day. Sufficient for the day, but when hoarded, becomes infested with maggots. Some people's dreams have become like that to them. They don't sustain life anymore, but they've turned to death and decay. But when we're willing to lay that dream on the altar before the Lord, he reveals to us the real reason for the dream in the first place. It's to reveal to others his sacrifice, namely the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the sacrifice that you've given to us. And Lord, you've given us many dreams and answered our dreams in many ways. But Lord, help us to not cling to the dream, but to lay it before your throne so that we might walk into the destiny that you've given us, that you've mapped out from the beginning of the world those works that you have before us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.